How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode 117 of Master My Garden podcast. Now, this week's episode falls on April 1st, which is April's Fool's Day. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's into April now. We're, I suppose, starting to ramp up in terms of seed sowing and all the rest of it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to look at what we can sow in April, what gardening jobs we can be doing. And I suppose, you know, just sort of setting the tone for the month ahead. April is always a funny month. They, they say March of, of many weathers, and that's certainly true. You can get really good weather. And I think this March was, you know, showed that quite clearly. The first part of the of the month was wet and cold and windy. Second part of the month was dry, uh, sunny and quite warm at times. Still pretty much night frost uh, a lot of nights. So ground temperatures are still a little bit cooler, but you can definitely feel that bit of heat in the sun over the last sort of week or 10 days and that's definitely a good sign you know you can you can see the perennials starting to peep up you can see the buds starting to open on the trees and yeah it's definitely starting to ramp up march is march is a month where you're kind of setting up um, but there's no real panic and things are kind of just moving very very slowly along and then april is the month where generally at some point everything starts to feel a bit, you know, the pace picks up and everything starts to feel a bit busier and there's a lot more to get done and so on. Now I have um, some sewing done, still haven't done a lot of things, um, quite conscious of the, of the cool, of the cool evenings. And I know pretty much everybody has their tomato plants sewn. I still didn't sew them, but I do intend to sew them today, which is uh, this is a Saturday, it's the last week of March and I do intend to sow some today. Um, but once we get into April, you can be sown, if you haven't already, be sown away. And you're not late, don't worry, you're definitely not late. I know last year I sowed them on, on St. Patrick's Day and I ended up minding them for quite a bit of time. Uh, so if you think about it, we're now at the 1st of April and the weather is definitely picking up and spring is definitely here and that's what I was saying to watch out for. And when that happens, we can all start to to get going but potentially we still have frosts uh, certainly around here i know other areas will be a little bit luckier but certainly around here we can potentially have frosts right up until the sort of the third week of may so that's another seven weeks away so for seedlings you know there's not just goes to show that there is no panic but to talk about the jobs that that we can do this month and what i'll be sowing um yeah as i say i'll be pretty much ramping up on on everything the successional stuff that you have been sowing, if you haven't started already, it's, you know, you can still start now and you've loads of time. But of the successional stuff that I will be sowing, uh, I'll be doing that now uh, every two weeks from now on. And the key with successional sowing for, you know, for the home gardener is little enough and don't, you know, the temptation is there to to do maybe three or four trays of 12 of lettuce and do that every two weeks but if you're only using one or two maybe three heads a week then you're going to have way too much so just if you only sow one tray uh, and do that you know little and often little and often and then you'll have sort of a continuous supply of of nice fresh vegetables all summer so for me the successional sowing that i've been doing is radishes spring onions a couple of different types of lettuce spinach um 
Beetroot, I've actually been sown on a couple of occasions now. Um, not really part of a successional sowing, but I have been sown. I have sowed it a few a few times, and again, small amounts of it. So yeah, I'm going to continue with those. Uh, first, the first sowings I I have done into trays, and they'll be you know relatively good plants in a couple of weeks' time to go into the tunnel. And I have also sowed some directly into the ground in the tunnels. So, you know, I'm going to have from now on a nice succession. First harvest, probably the end of the month, a little bit maybe. Yeah, around the end of the month, I should have the first harvest of this year's sowing. I still am uh, harvesting. What am I harvesting? Some spinach, um, some lettuces, couple of chard obviously i still have that spring onions so i still have a few bits and pieces that i sowed you know at the back end of the year they're they're still giving me uh, crops from the tunnel so yeah from now on is when you really get into it so the tomatoes um the tomatoes you can sow them now and this is kind of one-off sowing so whatever amount of plants you're going to need uh, sow them now and Depends what you want to do if you have if space restrictions or whatever. Uh, you don't need to put them into a seed tray and then prick them out, but that does give you, I suppose, more space in those earlier stages. But some people will, you know, if you're only growing five or six, don't bother putting them into a seed tray. Just go directly into the pot that you're going to that you're going to transplant on at the end. You know, so save yourself that job of pricking out. Uh, as I say, this is the month where everything starts to build up. So the more efficient you can be and the, the the less stages that you add to yourself the better um so definitely towards the end of this month a lot of the i suppose the tender stuff that i wouldn't have sowed up until now i will definitely start to sow those so what i'm talking about here is um the likes of basil later in the month around the middle of the month i'll do courgette pumpkin squash Towards the end of the month, I'll do sweet corn. Um, I'll also do a lot of the the annual flowers. I'll do them at the moment as well. So, you know, I don't really do bedding plants as such. You know, I don't do the petunias or things like that. But I will be sowing corn flower, cosmo. So, you know, basically fillers for, for perennial beds and so on. And very good for attracting in attracting in pollinators especially around your your tunnels or around your veg areas don't be afraid to add flower there you know if you have a few beds fill one of them with flowers or fill one end of it with flowers and you know get those beneficials into that area so i'll be doing a lot of that this month i'll be sowing perennial flowers as well and the usual suspects dahlias and all of those things and i'll be planting those outside uh, later in the month but yeah, towards the end of the month, I'll do courgette, squash, pumpkin, um, sweet corn, all of those sort of, I don't grow cucumber, but French beans is another one. Um, and I'll do all of those sort of tender type, tender type plants from the mid to the end of April. And for outside, yeah, you're looking at the same, you're looking at more sort of end of April type timing for getting outside with those. Uh, you can, of course, if you're if you're not using a polytunnel or a glasshouse, you can, of course, sow those inside in a couple of weeks' time. Don't have them too long because you'll be mining them forever. Just sow them inside 
and then every good day you get once they've you know once you've established a little plant every good day you, you get you should try and just harden them off a little bit so uh, in the daytime maybe if you're getting a nice sunny kind of warmish day get them outside mid-morning don't get them out too early if you frost yeah so mid-morning get them outside let them let them toughen up a little bit and bring them in in the evening time before the the sort of cold starts to set in again and those daytime temperatures and obviously the sun directly on those plants will be hugely beneficial to them and yeah it'll it'll strengthen up those plants and make them a good solid plant for going outside later in the month um one thing that's kind of important at this time of the year and if you're lucky enough that you're in an area that you, you have started doing a little bit of sowing or planting outside uh, watering i always find april and may they can be funny months because it's not that long since we've had a lot of rain but because you you're getting this warm temperatures and generally speaking at this time of year you get a kind of a drying wind and your soil can be very dry on the top inch or two. Now, there might be loads of moisture underneath, but particularly if you're putting in young plants or you've just sown seed, the moisture that you need in the top inch or two just may not be there because they haven't sent down the roots, roots deep enough. So just watch that if you have, you know, sown outside or, you know, if you're sown in a polytunnel, for example, and you have seedlings coming up, just make sure to keep them watered a little bit because... With the, te- with the temperatures coming up the way they have, and like we had 18 degrees Celsius over the last few days on a couple of days, you know, really warm kind of T-shirt type weather. And that's the first time we've had that. But you get this kind of drying on the top of the ground. And as I said, there is loads of moisture there probably underneath, but just in those top couple of inches where where the seedlings or the young plants are, there mightn't be any moisture. So just make sure and keep an eye on that. Um, especially if you've planted any fruit trees, bare root trees, uh, bare root hedging, anything like that over the last, you know, over this bare root season. The next two to three months are absolutely critical because, you know, if you're talking about bare roots, for example, they are now bursting out their their leaves or starting to burst out their leaves. And if you remember to when you planted them, you have a very, very small root zone and there's a lot of energy needed up top to open up these leaves, um, you know, particularly on things like hedging, where you have from base to tip of leaves uh, looking to come out, you know, on something like beech or white thorn, black thorn, whatever it is. Uh, fruit trees, fruit bushes, the same. So their moisture requirement in those first few months is is critical it's it's really really important because this is the time again we're talking about the drying wind rising temperatures and a limited root zone on these plants so definitely you need to water them if you haven't got an automatic watering system set up um for your hedging that's a really good thing to do like something like a porous pipe because the next two to three months are critical if you can get enough moisture into them over the next two to three months they will start to send out their own roots and while the first year will still be a challenge and you need to keep an eye on it, the first two to three months are critical because they'll they'll start to send out the roots and they will eventually find, you know, start to anchor themselves and to find their own water. Uh, so just watch out for that. Bare root trees, bare root fruit bushes, hedging, ornamental trees, anything like that. Something else that you can do to help uh, any of those bare roots that you put in is if you can get organic matter around the base. So if that's farmyard manure, 
even fresh grass clippings, anything like that. Don't put it directly up against the stem, but all around that sort of, you know, maybe two foot around a tree, for example, or along the base of, of a newly planted hedge. That will do two things. There'll be a little bit of moisture in the material that you put down anyway, but it'll also prevent that evaporation from this drying wind that I'm talking about and from the from the warm sun at this time of the year. And yeah, that'll be really useful and beneficial to you going forward. You can still continue to water, but your water won't be getting evaporated away by doing a little bit of a mulch around them. Um, and if you can get them, as I said, the next couple of months over them and get them sort of growing and sending out roots then you'll be set and you'll be you'll be okay for the for the lifetime of that of that plant then and so yeah watering at this time of year it's a funny one because you kind of do forget about it because it's not quite you know the heat of the summer where everybody's watering um but it's a very very critical time you know with seedlings and young plants and bare root at this stage of the year so just watch for that and and keep on top of it Uh, if you have already got your early potatoes in if you're lucky enough to be in a you know a sort of a warmer zone without frost uh, keep an eye on those as they start to peep out of the ground and earth them up and earth them up means basically putting clay back in right on top of the, the shoots and keeping them underneath the ground and that does two things it gives them it gives them the protection here at the moment from you know any potential cold nights and touches of frost and so on it also stops you know something like um, you can get crows or or even blackbirds or i find them around here they're just they pulled up almost a whole bed of garlic on me last week and so they're a bit of a nuisance but they do the earthing up sort of stops that because it just makes it harder they might still root and find the leaf at the top but because it's you're keep earthing it up it's just making it more difficult all the time for them to get down into it so keep doing that over the next over the next month um six weeks even and keep earthing them up every couple of weeks as they peep through keep earthing them up and that'll give you you know great protection and then when they're ready to burst out and to start growing uh, you'll have you'll have given them every chance and they'll be well covered and well supported there um as we get towards the end of the month and we start to, you know, sow out and plant out our, particularly planting out our young veg. Now you will have hardened them off a little bit and that's very important to, you know, to give them that little bit of, of a, of a hardening off. Um, I don't have to do it too much here because the, as I said previously, the, the sides of my tunnel are open. So it is quite cool in there at times anyway. And uh, while they get the heat, that sun heat during the day, the nighttime, you know, if there is a frost, the nighttime temperature in there is quite cool. So, um, yeah, I don't have to do that. But if you're growing on a windowsill or in a glass house or in a closed in polytunnel, it's a good idea. Now, you don't want to be adding too much work to yourself, but it's a good idea to lift out, you know, trays and let them get a bit of daytime sun and then get back, get them back inside at nighttime. But when you do start to, plant them out plant out these young plants they can be quite tender and towards the end of april and even into the early part of may you still can get things like you know hail showers or cold wet days and if you have a a lovely vegetable plant that has come from your kitchen windowsill or your you know lovely warm snug 
greenhouse of whatever sort it is and then you put it outside and it's getting you know the head banged off it with um you know with hail or rain or or cold and a bit of wind thrown in there they can start to feel a bit sorry for themselves and they, they almost lie down and just lie there on for a few weeks and that can be a big setback not so much in terms of although sometimes they can get killed but not so much in terms of that more in terms of the length of time from you planting out to harvest but if you're able to protect those um something like bio netting uh, enviro mesh anything like that uh, that's a really small fine mesh that allows air through allows moisture through but doesn't allow big heavy raindrops or hail to actually you know batter the head of of a young vegetable plant and that will be really really beneficial during the particularly during these early stages as you get them established and that's for any of your particularly your salads but for any of your vegetable plants that you're putting out towards the end of the month um, the same would also go for sowing so if you if you you know the last few days the temperatures have been warm so some people in i suppose the the warmer areas might have started to sow outside and that's well i i wouldn't do it here just yet but if you are in that area that's great and what you'll need to do as those young seedlings come up just watch out for days like that where you're getting this you know this heavy sort of rain or wind or cold and again the bio netting or the environment something like that is going to really be beneficial to you there the other benefit with with that is that it's actually the type of material that it is it really lasts a long time so if you buy it once to suit your bed size you generally don't have to buy it again for a very very long time because it's quite strong quite durable and lasts the other benefit of that of of bio netting is that it's highly effective against carved root fly for example uh, cabbage root fly cabbage white butterfly all all of those things so any of those sort of flying um pests that you might get on your your vegetables later on in the season the the bio netting is also very very good for that so again it it lets lets the air through so even as we get warmer temperatures later on and you know the warmer and sometimes damp conditions it lets the moisture through so and it lets the air through so you're not getting this build up of disease so it's quite an airy environment so you don't have disease build up but it's it's definitely protecting from some of those pests that you know that that would be there um the other thing just to watch towards the end of the month if you're in a greenhouse and your lovely vegetables are starting to come up you might get you know an early an early sort of attack of slugs and aphids particularly aphids because they'll come out as soon as as soon as they get some sort of temperature that's resembling what they're like you know sort of 15 16 degrees and we've had that quite a bit in you know in the in the greenhouses recently and there's chances are there's not a huge amount of you know flour in there there's probably not a huge amount of or there hasn't been a huge amount of food for them over winter and they wouldn't be out anyway with the cold but now as they start to come out and you have lovely fresh seedlings coming up they'll find those very attractive so just watch out for that uh, keep on top of it try and get your beneficials in there um i saw the other day now a canundula in my tunnel which was flowering strong it obviously was there from last year and was starting to flower again 
Now, not on it, but right beside it, there was two ladybirds going about their business on cabbage that was just just gone to seed. So they were there. So I'm not worried now if you know if it's come in, which they inevitably will, because the beneficials are in there, and that's what you should be able to do is get those into your into your greenhouses. Uh, slugs is the other one. Uh, keep your your you know your beds clean. Don't be leaving things lying around. You know, like whatever it is, bags or buckets, anything that they can hide under. If you're on wooden um, wooden raised beds, just watch for rotting boards and things like that, because that's where they'll they'll sort of hide out. There is in the crevices of those or under any things that you leave lying around, like a bag of compost or anything like that. They'll then inevitably sort of hide out under there. So just keep that area clean, keep all those away. And then you'll have less in the vicinity of of your crops and it'll be easier to mind. Um, I see already, and as I say, this episode's out on the 1st of April, I see already some bedding plants out in garden centres and I'm talking about petunias, you know, the summer bedding stuff. And it doesn't matter, you know, in terms of Ireland, I don't know what part of the country you're in, but whatever part of the country you're in, it is definitely too early for those type of bedding plants. And I mentioned it last year. It's it's lovely, you know. It feels like it's summer when you see the the surfinas and the begonias and whatever else out there. But no matter when you plant these, like traditionally, it was always June. You would never never plant bedding plants out before then. So if you take April, May, and you know you have eight weeks before, sort of traditionally, people would have done that. But it has got earlier and earlier over the last number of years. I suspect a lot of the bedding that goes out at these really early, early stages just dies from either that cold wind or that hail or rain that I'm talking about. And there is no benefit because you only get a certain flowering period regardless, um, you know, out of out of bedding plants. So if you put them in now, they'll just, even if the weather is kind and you get away with it, they'll be spent out by sort of July time. Whereas if you just wait until June, you you can get right through to October out of them. So you'll only get the same kind of period of time anyway. So I don't think there's any great benefit. If you're looking for a splash of colour at this time of the year, there's lots of, you know, spring bedding and there is some, you know, obviously tulips and there's loads of the you know, hellebores are just finished. So there's lots of colour at this time of the year anyway, or there is some colour at this time of the year. So you don't have to depend on the bedding plants at this stage. So if you're looking for colour for an occasion, um, you can still get that without having to go down the, the bed and plant route. And uh, yeah, so that's, as I said, that's that's what I'll be sowing uh, towards the end of the month. I have in the tunnel, I've sowed, sowed carrots. Uh, I will be sowing carrots outside and I'll be starting to sow some of my successional crops outside at the very end of the month, depending on the weather conditions. And if the weather conditions are not right, I'll push out further again. Um, because outside you're looking for sort of soil temperatures the seed catalogs funny enough they they tend to say if you have temperatures above six six or seven degrees it's okay to sow outside now i don't don't know um i prefer to have it a bit warmer than that so i'd be looking for eight or ten and this is soil temperature eight or ten degrees soil temperatures and you want that sort of consistently for a week or ten days before you before you'll sow outside Uh, and that you know then that'll be towards the end of the month all going well um even if you got those temperatures in the middle of the month you just be a little bit wary don't don't do all your sewing uh, go slow because um we still are a few weeks away from 
well certainly here anyway a few weeks away from that sort of real warmth that that you'd want in the ground um as i've always said there is you know there is areas and you just need to get to know your area there's areas where they'll do things a month earlier and then you know there's the sort of recommendation but then there's early areas that can go two three weeks earlier than the recommendation and then there's other areas that are cold and they need to be two or three weeks later than the than the recommendation so just get to know your area a little bit and you know don't be afraid to fail obviously you know if something if something if you plant out something and it does get battered or does fail just go again note that you sowed it a little bit early or that you got unlucky and and don't get too disheartened because everybody has some failures um this week i my seedlings are starting to grow really strong and i'm after finding a few um so i was sowing with emmy uh, my three-year-old and for any of you gardening with three-year-olds it's a bit of fun all right but um i have seed trays now with a multitude of seed popping up through them and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what exactly has gone in there i also had um the best the best uh, sort of lettuce seed that i had last year was one called analia a lovely butterhead and uh, definitely the the nicest butterhead lettuce i've ever tasted very successful big big head and i only had one one pack of that and i don't see it very often around the place i only had one sort of packet of that and uh, anyway somehow that ended up all being poured into a pot i've tried to save as much as, as i can but i don't know i don't know uh, i hopefully haven't lost too much of it and it's already back in the seed packet but there's compost in with it as well so who knows what i'm going to find when i saw that um the other thing is that i mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and uh, that i was considering doing an in-person course and that course is going ahead and it's on um, the 23rd of April. So it's Saturday, the 23rd of April. And uh, it's an in-person course, limited numbers, very limited numbers, actually been limited to 12 people. And it's going to be in the sort of demo area of my polytunnel. Now, very early days for, I suppose, for, you know, my intention is always and was always to start doing these type things my area is not quite ready yet for it but i think it's time to start anyway so um it'll be a good course for anybody who's sort of starting or maybe has started and is looking for a more successful way and is looking for improvements in in what they've done in grow your own so it's uh, growing your own vegetables it starts at 10 in the morning finishes at three and i suppose the the layout of of that sort of time will be meet at 9.45, we'll have a coffee, we'll have a, a chat, we'll start at 10 and we'll have sort of a discovery discussion to find out where you're at in your grow your own journey and what um, what you're growing currently, if you're growing anything, what your setup is like. We'll discover how how you're operating at the moment. Then we'll discuss the, the perfect setup and using the information that we've got from the discovery, we'll talk about um you know ways to improve how to set up your area if you're starting how to set it up for success talking about things like uh, you know the the bed systems the watering uh, how to harvest your water all that sort of thing then at you know half an hour later we'll talk about soil health and the importance of that and how you can improve it then we'll talk about what to grow successional sowing 
uh, food for all seasons, that type of thing. We'll have a light lunch then after that. And then we'll get into a practical sort of part of it. And that practical part of it will be going through seed sowing, planting out, crop protection, watering, you know, all the practical stuff of actually growing your own food. And then at the end, there'll be a Q&A, a group Q&A. So that'll be useful because everyone will have their own specific questions relating to their garden. But by answering that question, it might also answer or, or clarify something for other members of the group. And yeah, it'll be in a group, a group setting. And then the day will finish and hopefully you'll be all able to go away and confidently grow your own veg this year. And, you know, it's 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 a simple thing, but it just gives somebody the confidence to actually go and do it. So, yeah, delighted to be doing it and looking forward to doing it. It's, you know, it's, uh, I suppose when I started the podcast, it has all been behind the scenes, you know, behind the microphone. And obviously COVID hit then at the exact same time and there has been no opportunity to do anything like this. So this is the first kind of tester. Um, have some ideas for, you know, maybe later on in the year or, or possibly next year. Quite a bit bigger event, not even definitively happening yet. Just something I'm thinking about, a sort of a bigger scale Master My Garden live event. But starting off with this one anyway and looking forward to it. And as I say, it's Saturday the 23rd of April. And definitely you'll, you'll be able to go away from there confident in growing your own. So, yeah, lots lots to be doing in the month of April. You know, other things that you can be at feeding your feeding your rhubarb as that starts to come up. Um, it leads a lot of energy at this time of the year. So feed it with, you know, farmyard manure or or your your fertilizer of choice to get good feed down into the into the stool at this time of the year. Uh, lawns the perennial question comes up at this time of the year moss as people get out to start cutting moss um for some people is not an issue they actually quite like it and but i've seen so many people asking about how to get rid of moss when moss is is effectively um a build-up of well, it generally happens in shaded in shaded spots where it's overly wet and it just starts to multiply and once it starts to get on top of the grass then you know, it, it kind of takes over and you end up with, you know, 80, 90% moss and very little grass. And at that point in time, it's it's nearly a, a sort of reseeding job to get it back. So again, if you want to keep moss out manually, you need to scarify. Uh, the best time of the year to scarify is the back end of the year and give it a good autumn food, food at that stage of the year. But at this stage of the year, it's still beneficial. The key is to straighten up your grass because if your grass is strong, then there is less opportunity for moss coming in or weeds coming in. Um, so definitely scarifying and feeding is a good option. It, you can obviously, if if your preference is to get rid of it altogether, you can use your, your tree in ones, your feed weed and moss killers. There is the moss killers now, which are bacteria based and are, you know, organic and gen generally organic and they eat away at the moss. You, you can't really use those unless you've got a sort of a low level of moss. You know, if you're over 30 percent, 40 percent moss in your lawn, then starting with that, you're not going to see much of an impact. It's It's just not going to be able to do the job that you needed to do. And you might need to reduce the actual level of moss by scarifying first and then use that product the, the bacteria based fertilizer and that will that will eat away at the moss uh, you have no raking out and then it'll strengthen the grass as well so that you end up with a thicker swart of grass and then as i say a less opportunity for weeds and moss 
Um, yeah, so there, some of the some of the jobs, just make sure your beds are tidied up at this stage of the year. Any of the perennial beds that you didn't cut back yet, just give them a cut back. Take off the, you know, last year's growth and get ready for the for the fresh flush of growth coming through. And all your seed sowings, keep keep going with that. Your tender stuff towards the end of the month for me. If you're in a better spot, you might go a little bit earlier than that. But yeah, it's the month where everything starts to pick up pace and by the end of the month it'll be at full steam ahead hopefully um and yeah it's as i say it's the month where things start to get away from people a little bit but uh, don't panic there's still loads of time it's still april and we've lots of good growing months ahead of us so enjoy it anyway and uh, don't get too stressed out by it and uh, yeah keep keep sowing your seeds on the regular basis so that's been this week's episode. Um, yeah, relatively, relatively short, uh, talking about what to sow in April. And thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.